0: (laughs) Goofing their way onto the podcast this week is one of gaming's most iconic duos as we roll and peck our way into Rare's Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie was originally
1: released in 1998 for the Nintendo 64 and gave us control of the goofy bear Banjo and his best friend Kazooie, a bird who lives in Banjo's backpack, in a 3D platformer in the same vein as Super Mario 64.
0: Banjo and Kazooie must stumble their way through multiple worlds to try and free Banjo's sister from the clutches of the evil witch Gruntilda. This is a cracking
1: game full of laughs, dorky characters and classic dialogue that is as fun to play now as it was in
0: 1998. Righto, Jimbo. It's time to get jiggy.
2: Raggy! Spoilers (laughs) ahead!
1: Hello oh, and welcome to episode 26 of the Rumble Pack podcast. I am Luke and I'm joined here by good friend Will. Hi everybody, welcome back. Uh, so today we're here to talk about a very fun game from our the childhood era.
0: Yes, you could say it was from our childhood era, technically.
1: Yeah, that was... 1998. 8. Yeah, well it was one of those big platformers. That's just remembered from that era. Obviously, we've got the Mario's, the Zeldas, we've got the Crash Bandicoot over on the Sony. But mm. never, no one should ever forget to credit Banjo Kazooie. No, absolutely in the, not. In the, as a platforming powerhouse.
0: No, can you believe we were four,
1: four no. years old? No. Well,
0: actually, oh, you were, you were, you were about to turn five or four. It came out the day before your birthday. July 17, 1998. July 17. Turn four.
1: Wow. Well, there you go. Happy birthday, me.
0: Yes, happy birthday. All the way back in 1998. But to be honest, playing Banjo Kazooie anytime makes it feel like it's your birthday. Oh, yeah. Because it's just such a fun time.
1: Well, if you you just load into that opening title screen on the 2008 version that came out in Xbox 360, that could be your birthday theme tune forever. It could <laughs> get banjo on the banjo, uh, get uh, mumbo on the
0: uh, he's on, on he's the, on the, um, the xylophone. xylophone, and then he plays the uh, he plays a saxophone or something, doesn't he? He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's great. It's, uh,
1: <laughs> so this is from the very outset, from this opening title screen, just the, one of the warmest experiences you can have in gaming.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. It's one of my favorite games from my childhood. It's it's still uh, it rank it would rank quite highly up there in my favorite games. Of all time, when you know when we get mm. to that those lists, we'll be uh, we'll be cranking into that. But before we get into talking about the game, as always, we have a little thing to drink here. With oh, us. we do, and this is a bit of a special thing today, actually. Special, special mm. thing. It's not rum. It's not rum. It's the whiskey pack today. It is yeah. the whiskey pack. The cheetah. Am I saying it right? Yeah, I often mispronounce everything. Cheetah. The cheetah. Single Grain Japanese Whiskey, China Cheetah Distillery from the House of Suntory Whiskey. And they're basically the Disney of the
1: uh, spirit world now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Luke bought me this for my birthday, which was uh, recently, and I haven't had a go at it yet, so we thought we'd get it out for the Rumble Pack and it looks delightful. Mm. Uh, It is 43% alcohol volume. Comes from Tokyo. Minato-ku-Tokyo. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> Let's have a go at it. There's not much other information on the bottle. I will well, there's give no blurb. There's nothing on it. There's, there's no re- blurb, no. Oh, you're kidding. That,
1: that was on the box and you got rid of the box.
0: Oh, it was on the box. It was a huge blurb as well. I was like, it's a collector's box and you got rid of it. Did, I, did we? No,
1: you got rid of it. Don't put me into that. <laughs> you were here. Yeah, I know. You could
0: have stopped me. You were enabled it.
1: I tried and you went, no, oh, I can't keep things. I can't keep things. You know, I've got to, I've got clutter. And look, next minute, <laughs> your world's in a downward spiral and you can't read off a bloody box.
0: <laughs> you know, I just realised we're sitting really far away today, so it's going to be a real real struggle to get the cheers in. <laughs> but yeah. we're going to do it right now. We're Let's have a right go. All right, give it a go. So, cheers to Banjo. Cheers. I
2: can Reads. read. No, we're not good. Hang on. No, we- oh, oh. Nice. nice. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. <laughs>
0: Yeah, pretty nice it's a bit different haven't had a whiskey for a while
1: no and i haven't i've never tried a japanese whiskey i've tried a japanese gin like uh roku mm. and they're actually it's the aftertaste you probably get a bit now yeah they just nail the aftertaste they've got like so many different flavors than everywhere else in the world does for some reason
0: it's so warm it is it's yeah. warming my whole chest <laughs> yeah it's lovely it's really nice yeah well Normally we'd read uh, some some form of the back of the box, blurb <laughs> off the back or or whatever. But I don't have the box for Banjo Kazooie. I wish I did, but most of my well, no, no, not most. All of my Nintendo sixty four boxes back in the day were um, assumingly just thrown out because mm. because you know we were so young when we had the sixty four and we didn't realize then. Uh, I've collected a few now back Diddy Kong Racing and stuff, but Banjo Kazooie, I have. I have the box from Japan. It's the Japanese box. I bought it when I was in um, in Tokyo. I had to. I had to buy some sort of souvenir, and banjo made the most sense. Well, can I just ask? Is that ca- is the
1: size of that case the typical Nintendo sixty four cartridge size case? Yep. Because no wonder you wouldn't keep them, because it's like keeping a DVD box set. And imagine keeping them
0: in your in your bookshelf forever when you're a kid. They're so they're so big. <laughs> Probably heard some banging then on the mic, but I was grabbing a sixty four box uh pal version that's kong, that's what it looks diddy like kong racing. diddy kong racing box yeah wow well. yeah so pretty much the same pretty much the same size A bit taller maybe these are a bit thicker yeah
1: but yeah they just they look oh they look so good
0: but as an adult oh, we the appreciate best them now
1: but as a kid you think like that's just they take up too much space
0: oh yeah i always i'm always envious of the people online you see they're like yeah i never got rid of my boxes and they just have this full collection of them like oh damn it like they're so expensive to buy a game like this in, in bo- per- box than mm. in good condition. It's really hard to find.
1: Well, yeah. So, we're continuing the Japanese theme here, which we didn't actually link up until right now. No. <laughs> so, what is the, what does the Japanese box uh, say
0: according to Google Translate? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm going <laughs> to read the back of the box with Google Translate. There's a small blurb on here. So, let's give this a go. I've got to get <laughs> Wait, I've got to get it in focus. Come on. It's a very nice looking case though.
1: It is. It's, it's really um, good. Not, it's got the the blue sky behind it with the clouds. I don't know if that's what it is, but it looks like it. A bit of a tie-dye appearance.
0: Alright, it keeps changing on me, so I'm just gonna give it a go. Yeah. Oh, stop, it keeps changing. <laughs> it's a new hero and heroine. Because it's buzzing, it's an action. <laughs> Clear using your head. Powerful you Neo know, Sinju. <laughs> Powerful band show. Oh, no, it keeps changing. B- Buzzle G. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't clear it. Oh, there is also a Buzzle-like mechanism. So, action and you can't clear it without using your head. Yeah, that's fairly accurate. Air Banjo and Bird Kazoo Eye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's actually classic. Great. <laughs>
1: that's not too, it's not too inaccurate, No, really. So- so translated to English, it's basically Banjo is a bear, Kazooie is a bird. Yep. Kazooie lives in Banjo's backpack and together they run around bashing boxes with heads
0: and stuff. Yeah, it's quite it's quite spot on really. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's as complex as it needs to be. It does say wow in big letters right in the middle of the, on here in it's English, a, yeah. It's a speech bubble, it's unknown who's saying it. Yeah, just W O W. Could be Kazooie or Banjo. No, it's really nice. I, I there was probably like five or six boxes I picked up in this store that I could have taken home, and I was only going to p- pick one. And yeah, there was something about this one that I really liked. I was holding a Super Mario sixty four one that looked really good that I, th- I really thought about, and then uh, I was like, no, I'm going to do banjo. So it's in here. Like this is complete. has all the all the flyers, pamphlets from from back then. The cartridges in there, and everything is oh. fully complete. So I'll show you after. Um, but that's, there's the real cover if you're interested. I'm okay. showing Luke the cover on my phone now.
1: Not quite as tidy, a bit no. more going on. No. But very much a more Western cover, that's for sure.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: So. Well, can I just ask quickly, how much did that cost in store in, in
0: you know, modern day? Yeah, not a lot. I think it was, I don't remember how much yen, but it was probably about 40 or 50 Australian <clears throat> dollars. That's incredible. Well, they preserve everything over there. It's crazy how many stores there are full of this stuff preserved because they're so <laughs> respectful for all their stuff. Yeah. But over here, we just dump stuff, throw stuff out. Yeah, there's so much of this stuff over there. It's it's not actually that hard to find. Okay. Yeah, so- That's yeah, admirable. It was probably about 50 bucks, Australian. Don't know how much yen that was. Hmm. Yeah. So, Banjo-Kazooie released July 17th, 1998 in Power Regions. I think it actually came out in late 1997 elsewhere. But as always, pal comes last. It was developed by Rareware, the poster child of the Nintendo 64 era, made all the best games for the system and who are now owned by Microsoft Corporation, hence Banjo-Kazooie being on the Xbox uh, Live Arcade or, or whatever. Mm, mm. Um, and fun, Banjo-Kazooie is going to be able to be played on the Nintendo Switch. Uh soon on the new yes. Nintendo sixty four expansion, which is the first time Banjo's been on the, the Nintendo system since Banjo uh yeah, since like two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. So it's wow. come coming home.
1: Yeah, that's pretty exciting, actually. Yeah. Uh well I guess yeah, full game wise it would be the first since Nintendo, but as you said, I think we spoke about when did we speak about this? Uh we played a guessing game for the uh Super Smash. Ultimate. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep characters that came out and banjo is in that banjo yeah Kazooie.
0: yeah so banjo came to um smash brothers ultimate in 2019 which was uh yeah one of the best one of the best reveals ever and one of the most requested characters ever as well mm. so the game was created in part by greg uh Ma- Males. it's m-a-y-l-s-e so i'm assuming it's either males or miles mm-hmm. um and he He sort of worked his way up through Rareware. He he worked on the Battletoads series, Donkey Kong Country. Um, He was one of the creators of Diddy Kong, the character. Okay. Um, And after his work on Donkey Kong Country, he came up with an idea about an action adventure game. uh, And it was greenlit for the release first on the the Super Nintendo, uh, but then it got moved to the Nintendo 64, which was codenamed Project Dream at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, the game was about a boy who went on a magical adventure to a pirate island. So that's where Banjo Kazooie started. Uh, <laughs> it was eventually scrapped, and they changed the hero to a bear. Yeah, well, <laughs> figure that out. Easy switch. Yeah, there is footage of that game actually, and it's it does it's got similarities to Banjo, but it's very primitive. Um, it it looks more. Uh, it, it's not as open or anything. Yeah. Okay. So. I think it's worth noting that Banjo-Kazooie has quite a legacy especially for the birth of true 3D platformers. Mm. There's no doubt that Super Mario 64 is the um you know the king of mm. super, uh, 3D platformers essentially, but this game did help pioneer the genre uh, alongside other games such as Spyro the Dragon, yeah, uh Croc, Legend of the Gobos. Gex, into the Gecko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Donkey Kong 64. Uh, and its mechanics and world building helped spawn future games and series, such as uh, Kong's Bad Fur Day, Psychonauts, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. Um, and Banjo itself had two sequels, Banjo-Tooie in 2001 uh, and Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts for the Xbox 360, which oh. came out in I reckon it was 2005 or 6 or 7 or 2008. I think it was eight. Yeah, one of those. And you, you loved it so much. <laughs> I didn't hear you whinge about that once. Ah, uh, it's a real stinger that one. It's a real stinger because the actual worlds in that game are they're set up in a way would be very good. That like the world building, everything's great, and like the whole hub world. But the game, for whatever reason, they just made it based around cars, <laughs> building, building cars and driving cars around. It's just, it's really bizarre. <laughs> really bizarre but banjo 2 is a good game um bit bit bigger than banjo kazooie um i you know we might do an episode on one, one day i'm not sure i've actually never not finished banjo 2 i've pl- played about half of it tons of times for some reason it never it's never gripped me all the way to the end like the first one has yeah, okay. and i've finished the first one probably six or seven times i'd say in my life yeah yeah uh i found this online this is going to be a bit of a read uh it's this. It's basically the the, uh, synopsis of the story and it came straight from the the game's manual inside the box. Um, So I thought I'd read that out to set the scene uh, and what this game is all about. It's got a bit of dialogue in there, but it basically tells the first uh, couple of scenes of the actual game. So, at last, the dirty green and blue smog was beginning to clear. Gruntilda stood at the topmost window of her lair, grinning wickedly down from her latest world. On her latest world. Tiny creatures far below, she cackled. Which of you will be first to go? <laughs> I'm not going to nail the rhymes, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the witch rubbed her hands in glee at the prospect of putting her favourite invention to good use. It was her pride and joy, a machine that could suck the physical beauty from its victims for Gruntilda to absorb absorb like a sponge. And it would certainly teach her cutesy sister, Brentilda, a lesson. How dare that- interfering do-gooder, inherit the family good looks and leave Gruntilda, well, slightly disadvantaged in that department.
1: Slightly disadvantaged is a slight understatement.
0: Yeah, I think it was uh, pushed that way. I oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> ha, not anymore, gloated the witch, picking her nose smugly. Not anymore. Turning back to that bubbling cauldron, Gruntilda began to cast a spell which would reassure her that she was, of course, the most wonderfully attractive creature in this bright new world. Meanwhile... Tootie was skipping home through the sunny green fields of Spiral Mountain. As she reached the garden gate, a pair of blurry eyes that could only belong to her good friend Bottles pop- popped up in a nearby molehill. Morning, Tootie, he blinked, uncorking himself from the hole. And what does it sound like when he comes out of the- Oh. <laughs> Did, that that come or- Did that come in? Do that come through? <laughs> uh <laughs> and what are your plans for this fine day? Or is it more of a- Is it more of a- Yeah, I think it's more of a one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Tootie jumped up and down excitedly, remembering Banjo's promise. Oh, she squealed. When my lazy brother gets out of bed, we're going on an adventure. An adventure usually means I get to play with all, all the characters in a nice way. <laughs> That's nice. Lottles squinted up into the sky. Hang on, isn't that your brother up there? Tootie turned and saw an odd shape swooping down towards them at high speed. No, that can't be Banjo, she said, frowning. I wonder who it is. Sweeter than me? Prettier than me? Impossible. Gruntilda was furious at the cauldron's words that she could barely control her broomstick. Screeching with (laughs) the treetops. Some of the words are like highlighted in dark colour for some reason. I can't read them. As cute as me- you stupid pot. For her own sake, I hope she's not. <laughs> the witch sped recklessly on, on until her target finally came into view. Staring up at her from a field far below was the innocent young honey bear she'd seen in the depths of that treacherous cauldron. Gruntilda crackled. I need those looks far more than she and finally perfect I shall be, she cried and sent the broomstick into a sweep, steep dive. Kazooie popped out of the backpack as noise erupted just outside the window. Banjo, she squawked in alarm. Banjo, wake up. The honey bear groaned and pulled a pillow over his head. Oh, Kazooie. It's too early. <laughs> Come, his muffled voice. <clears throat> this is no time to be lazy, Furface trilled the breagle, sw- swinging anxiously to and fro. We've got trouble. Banjo yawned, rolled over and fell out of the bed. Fell out of bed in surprise as Kazooie's struggle suddenly toppled both the backpack and its stand onto the floor with a crash. At the same time, a sudden gust of wind blew open the curtains, and beneath the peals of manic laughter fading into the distance, Banjo heard the helpless cries of a voice he recognised. Tootie! The bear gulped, realising this was definitely going to be one of those days. Ah, Kazooie, what are you doing down there? He said in confusion, grabbing the backpack as he bolted for the door. This is no time to be lazy. We've got trouble, <laughs> and that was long.
2: Yeah, it was good though.
1: It set the scene well, and I think it's. Uh, I think we should do more of those live readings on mm. the pod. But the <clears throat> it's worth noting for everyone early that the characters don't like the text. The wording comes up in subtitles. Yeah, but the characters' voices are repeated noises and sound effects. Yeah. So, for example, Banjo just goes, huh, 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 huh. Yeah, he goes, huh,
2: huh, 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 huh.
1: Yeah. And then Grunt- Gruntilda just goes,
2: eh, 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 eh,
1: The whole time. And Bottles is like,
2: ooh, 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 ooh.
0: Does that sum it up? Uh, so pretty much. And what's, the, what's her stupid pot, the cauldron's name again? Uh, I don't it's know. It's not Klungo, is it? No, Klungo's her um, second right-hand man kind of dude. He's yeah. like a troll. Oh well
1: Yeah. But even well even the cauldrons have voices. Yeah. The bubbles. Yeah, there's, well there's tons bubble.
0: of cauldrons throughout the whole game. Mm. They all link through the lair. Yeah. Yeah, they all talk. Yeah. It's just <laughs> everything has eyes. Yeah. <laughs> that whole spiral mountain area, everything there's like carrots and, and lettuce and stuff just floating around with eyes and Her broomstick like has eyes? Yep, the broomstick's got eyes. Uh even the 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 jiggies and the musical notes and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah it's classic. <laughs> So, essentially, Grunty wants to steal Tootie's good looks, so she adducts her. Yeah. She's dark when you say it out loud. Benjo and Kazooie go on an adventure to save her, collecting Jiggies and musical notes along the way. Jiggies being puzzle pieces. Yep. Jiggies being puzzle pieces that open up the- uh, they, you, you fill in a puzzle to open up the, the door to the next world, essentially.
1: bit yep. Mario, Mario 64 with painting style thing. Fill yeah, in the it's, it's jump essentially that. The next it's world, essentially
0: yeah. that. Yeah, except you don't get to jump into them, which yeah, I suppose it would have been like too close to Mario sixty four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. Uh, and musical notes you collect throughout the level. Each world has a hundred, and you uh, use those to open up doors throughout Grunty's lair to progress. Um, music. Yeah, uh, yeah. I already wrote that. So that's pretty much the summary of the story. You've been playing it uh, a little bit so far. You haven't. Played it all the way through, but you're probably about third or, or something through. What are you thinking about that whole opening and the first few worlds? Yeah, it's a really fun opening, uh, and I'm across the I am across the the entire game in terms of what
1: happens and uh, where you go and everything like that because I've seen it. But in terms of just playing it through now as well, like it's a really great intro. It's it's goofy, of course, like we said. Those all the the you're introduced to Gruntilda as a start. She's very mm. archetypal sort of a uh, villain she's obviously just an ugly witch yeah and with an awful name uh she grunts for one obviously mm-hmm. and but her rhyme the her love for a rhyme the way she talks is just it's actually <laughs> great it's it's like excellent writing and we'll, yeah. we'll talk about the like the final boss later Yeah. Uh, but just the the way she just always rhymes it's just it's actually great <laughs> it's cuz you sort of you know when you know someone's like rhyming like it's a poem you get to mm-hmm. like one line's finished and you're like, Oh, I wonder what the next rhyme how she's gonna fit the rhyme in. And it actually just works like it just works out so well. It's really she's re- really well written. Yeah. And it's uh nice and, you know, brief. It's just she'll just come up with two lines and then that's her the general gist. You yeah. Get it, you somehow
0: get it, it never overstays its welcome. Because no. you you hear it at the start and you'd be like, Yeah, okay, that's a bit mm. uh stereotypical and a bit uh I don't know, a bit easy, I guess, for that character or something. Mm. But then as the game goes on, especially just Walking around uh, her lair, sometimes she just says stuff to you while you're walking around, mm. like you know, not through like an overcom. Just just happens. It was the '90s, and uh, even then, her rhymes are quite funny. Mm. Yeah, she always like goes on about her sister and <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. It's good, it's good. The
1: and I was yeah, I'm just going to say as well. Like in the intro, it's cool when you see yeah, Banjo's having a sleep sleep in, and then all of a sudden. We cut to his yeah. We cut to the room where he's asleep, and Kazooie's just hanging off the, the coat rack in his backpack, just her arms, her wings flapping, yeah. just like yeah. Because Banjo, get up, get up. <laughs> and it's it's like the old loop movement from yeah. It's 1998. Yeah. So it's just yeah. her, She's just going through the same flapping motion like over yeah. and over. And it's just really funny and goofy. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't make any sense at all. Like, what sort of bear has a has a uh, a bird in a backpack with him all the time? Yeah. And uh, she's she's totally out of control from mm. start. And from the start, she has really good banter with with bottles as well, which we'll probably get into that shortly. But um, I think it's I just I love the uh, these old these like kids games essentially that just make zero sense. <laughs> They make zero sense. And you think one day, you know, when you go back to these old stories and you go, I wonder, I'll, I'll probably understand this better. Mm. This is one of those games you'll go back and play and you're like, nope,
0: still, it literally makes zero sense. And <laughs> yeah. That's fine. It's, it's almost endearing. Yeah. Somehow it holds up. Yeah, yeah. As well. You'd think, yeah, 20 years, we'll think that's the most ridiculous thing, but somehow it's confusing manner is mm. why it has such a heart or something that's charming, like that. charming. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the characters. Um, leading on from what you just said So Banjo, of course, we might as well start with He's a bear uh, He's he's pretty light and easygoing character He's like well-mannered
1: Almost um, looks like a surf safari dude Yeah Got a necklace He's got his yellow shorts on Almost like a cargo pants sort of shorts Yeah He's yeah, just he, like a cruisy dude
0: Yeah, he's he's just happy like living out his life Just, uh, you know, sleeping around Smiling around, mm. doing whatever Um, He's pretty loyal and brave, I suppose, because I don't think he's the most- He's probably not the most adventurous character. I think that's reserved for Kazooie. Mm. Um, But, you know, he has absolutely no problem going after Tootie into the witch's lair. Which, you know, which coincidentally, the witch's lair is 100 metres away from their house and it's gigantic- The entrance is a gigantic head of- uh, Gigantic sculpture of Gruntilda's head. Mm. So, you know- it was probably only a matter of time that something bad happened. Yeah.
1: And honestly, the, the, this friendship between Banjo and Kazooie, think of it as 1998. This was early signs, early lesson that boy bears can be friends with girl birds without there being any sort of, you know, weird tension or love triangle.
0: Yeah. It's just nice and simple. Yeah, they can just be friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, he plays the banjo quite well, in fact. He does play it well. Yeah, I wonder if that's just because he's named banjo and he thought he should. I hope so. Mm. Like he was, it was an obligation. It was like, well, if if any if I go to a party and I can't play a banjo, mm. then I'll be, you know, who am I? Yeah, mm. yeah. So kazooie is a Briegel. Uh I don't know if that's a real animal. I'm assuming it just is some fusion of some a seagull and something. Or is a brigal a real animal? Eagle, an eagle and a seagull. Oh, is it gull? Does it have gull in it? Yeah, brigal. Sorry, Uh, B R E E G U L L. A breezy seagull, probably. Yeah.
1: From, Uh, from, from, uh, what's that map?
0: Freeze Easy. No. Maybe. I was thinking breeze Easy. Doesn't matter. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Kazooie's quite the opposite of Banjo in probably every, almost every way. Mm. Uh, she's sassy and wisecracking. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's, yeah, quick to insult others, particularly bottles. He just hammers into bottles every time they speak, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and bottles who we'll talk about shortly as well. He he's just like the uh, the help along the way. He comes up with tutorials, yeah. pops up out of his molehill, and and for whatever reason, Kazooie just hates him. And he hates <laughs> Kazooie. He calls her he calls her bird brain and like yeah peck head and all sorts of things
0: the whole time. Just he never calls her Kazooie. He just has a name for her every yeah, and it's. It's actually gold. It, it it might be that they're actually such good friends that that's just the way they speak with each other. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Kazooie plays the kazoo, um, which I didn't write quite well. I wrote plays the banjo quite well for banjo, but I just said plays the kazoo because the kazoo, he plays the kazoo well. It's a bit like playing the triangle well, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Like, well done. Yeah. You mastered whacking something. <laughs> Yeah, tapping something even tapping something. I say whacking something. You could say that about drumming. Yeah, but only idiots drum. Yeah, well, fair. Uh, And yeah, Kazooie has red and yellow feathers. Wanted to point that out. Yeah, and I just want to sorry. I I should say for everyone who doesn't know, Will's
1: a drummer. So I actually have no issue with other drummers who are listening. I just have issue with Will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yep. That's okay. That's alright. Gruntilda, Winky. Bunyan, is her last name? Winky Bunyan. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she's an evil witch. She's short and stubby, like the penguin. <laughs> she is. She's got a big schnoz, like penguin. Uh, she she speaks in oh. speaks in only rhyme, as in the penguin, the villain. Yeah, yeah,
1: I was thinking just the species. I was like, okay.
0: Well, well, well both. <laughs> I know.
1: like, <laughs> But the penguin. Yeah. The penguin is a majestic
0: creature. That's <laughs> why <So laughs> he said it. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really should have said the penguin from Batman. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the penguin from Batman is shaped the way he is because he's like a penguin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Both, both made sense. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So she speaks in rhyme. I wrote in brackets Did something happen in Grunty's childhood? I think so. Did, she, did something traumatic happen for her to only speak in rhyme? Well, honestly, though, like throughout the whole game, like her rhyme is just
1: so strong. She barely ever put a single word wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that and, was fantastic, by the way. And uh, But regardless of what happened to her as a kid, right. she's a, she's a magnific- magnificently simplistic villain and she doesn't have to prove herself evil by going around killing <laughs> she doesn't No You're right I think she's I think she's great And I think <laughs> a lot happened to her as a kid though I reckon <laughs> I reckon she got put in too many uh, stupid pots
0: Yeah, probably Her sister would have dunked her in a cauldron That's why she's so green as well Yeah, but yeah. one of those gray, green gooey cauldrons Bloody Brunt, Brentilda mm. uh, So she has a sentient broomstick that follows her A Nimbus even I think so Yeah Accio broom Uh <laughs> I know what happened to her as a kid. She called up and it smacked her in the face too many times. <laughs> That's why she's got a weird-ass eye. Yeah. smacked her right in the eye. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's friendly with cauldrons. She is, yeah. Which is, take like, it to leave it, I don't know. Classic witch. Yeah, and she's got a green, black, and purple design, uh, which, you know, mm. she's who she is. Kind of wish she was a Smash Brothers fighter. Why not?
1: Yeah, well, she's got a nice, uh, a nice purple on violet scarf. Checkered yeah. scarf. I think it really complements compliments her nose.
0: Yeah. Mm. The scarf does wonders for that look because if she didn't have the scarf, she'd, she'd be very drab. I think she rocks it. Yeah. I love the broomstick's face, personally. Does the broomstick have a name? No, I don't believe so. That's why I'm calling it the Nimbus 2001. Yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. Klungo is a green, like, ogre. Or mm-hmm. troll. I don't know which, oh, okay. which he's meant to be. He's just a he's a faithful minion of Gruntilda, uh, and he creates machines for for Grunty. Like he created the machine she uses to do the um, the what did she do? <laughs> What's the right word? Like to become be- beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the word. <laughs> the beauty machine. I Transformation. Don't know. Transformation. Transformation so, is what I was trying to think of. Well,
1: he's a bit of the Igor to uh, Dr. Frankenstein. The uh, yeah. offside who just grunts, drags his leg along. Yep. You know, brings. It- he has
0: a speech impediment. Does he? Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think it's shown a lot in the first game, but in the second game, he's a recurring boss. Okay. He slurs a lot and things like that. And there's a picture of him if you wanted to remember.
2: Oh yeah. yeah,
0: back when back when
1: speech impediments could be included.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it
1: wasn't weird. <laughs> no, that's funny actually. Though when you're speaking of the innocence of like these games back then, there's so many of these little things now we notice and we go, "Oh, that's not
0: that's not right." Yeah. But now they have sign of the times. Now they have um, a gay character in Eternals, and, and uh, the whole internet goes bananas. Yeah, But the- back then they had speech impediment ogre and banjo.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Is yeah. it
0: in Marvel Eternals? Yeah. Okay. I haven't heard anything. I don't know. It's getting review bombed. Yeah, I saw that. Pathetic. Yeah. Uh, Tooty, another bear, the happ- happy and cheerful younger sister to Banjo. Uh, she's somewhat cowardly, I would say. Uh, she shakes scared a lot in lots of scenes where when she's in Grunty's lair, which, to be fair, makes sense, mm-hmm. but I thought I'd point that out. But she believes in her brother to come save her. She plays like a flute in the opening cut scene. That's really all there is to say about it. She gets abducted. There is a. There, there are some scenes when you die where the transformation happens and she turns into a massive, disgusting, troll-looking version of Tootie. Have you seen that? When, no, when you I haven't. No? no. Yeah, okay. I'm glad. Yeah, she's I awful. Haven't. Oh, sometimes when you die and lose all your lives, it pl- it actually just plays out the transformation scene okay. as if that's the timeline that happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we've got bottles. The mole, he is short sighted, uh, easily agitated. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, and yeah, he teaches banjo because Kazooie be all of their new abilities via his mole hills, and you need enough musical notes to be able to access his teachings, I believe. Yes. You might not have yeah. run into the, that problem yet, but maybe later on in the game you'll need enough. Well, I mean, honestly,
1: it was pretty... <clears throat> uh, Bottles was a bit of a... It was a love-hate relationship for me already Oh, early okay. because, you know, you I think you were there, weren't you? I think I started the tutorials and I skipped them. <laughs> yeah. So, whenever I went to go, oh, I'm going to go up to this molehill and see what Bottles has to say for himself, help me, help me do what I need to do to get through this game. And he just went, oh you skipped the tutorial. You can get stuffed, basically. Yeah. And he just wasn't giving me anything. I yeah, good. Like, I had to go around and just he- try to figure out how to headbutt and everything. Yeah, good.
0: Oh, I mean, We sat next to the couch. We sat together on the couch at your house when you started that game and you just walked straight past all the bottles molehills and thought you could do it all yourself and then here you are trying to get on this simple platform where you just had to do a backflip and you couldn't figure it out in five minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you are yeah. looking at me, looking over to me like, "Help me!" Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and Bottles was just going, no, not helping." Yeah,
1: you said no. Actually, I really liked that he had that banter. They had that banter in there though. Yeah, if you tried to get back to him, So, I thought that's <laughs> actually really good, because uh, he's um, yeah, because he's basically just your guide. Throughout yeah. the entire game. Yeah, he's pretty much. He's a great, yeah, close friend. Hmm. And uh, But yeah, like I said, that great banter and dialogue he has with Kazooie yep. you know, is really good. And he, uh, I think he might like her. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. He's probably searching for something. Yeah, but the traitor of me and Keith Keen doesn't work. And what, I'd hope he finds it out in Banjo 3 He has a family, though. So
0: I'm not sure what he's looking for there. He's, he still hasn't found one. He has a family, for. he has kids.
1: Does he really?
0: Yeah, but that's oh. in banjo tui
1: I have seen that in Banjo-Tooie. Yeah. And that's why I was confused. I thought I'd made that up in my mind. No,
0: he's got kids. tooie Yeah. So, what's, his, you know, what's the up to? Gah. He's short-sighted after all. Uh, so, the last major <laughs> character I want to bring up, you might have a couple more, I think maybe, right, uh, is Mumbo Jumbo, who is a shaman. Mumbo uh, Jumbo. Who transforms Banjo and Kazooie uh, into tons of different wacky stuff. Uh, I don't really know the best way to explain that. It's just sometimes Banjo needs to transform into an ant to fit in a hole and he goes to Mumbo and Mumbo does it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. He also turns him into a uh, crocodile. Yep. Turns him into a pumpkin. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Another point. Oh, yeah, the pumpkin. That's right. And he
1: does. He he also has a (laughs) crack at Kazooie though. I don't understand what everyone's issue with Kazooie is. I mean, she's very- She's a bit abrasive, to be fair, but in the, first, in the first time we meet him in Mumbo's Mountain, he calls her filthy feathered one. <laughs> and I just thought that was a bit rough. That is rough. Mm. That is but, rough. But Mumbo is, Mumbo is pretty classic, though.
0: Well, something about Mumbo that's odd is that he always speaks in the third person. He, uh, he only refers to Banjo as uh, as bear yeah. and, and mainly refers to Kazooie's bird. Yeah. That's so I don't know what his problem oh, it's that is. That's that simplistic
1: thing, you know, like the yeah. the caveman and say,
0: you know, uh og do hunt. Yes, I understand. Uh you get you gather mumbo tokens around the worlds, uh, and you need enough mumbo tokens to be able to do the transformation. Um uh, you know, it just changes. There's no never much 5, 10, 15.
1: Yeah, they they're like little skull things. Yeah. Look a bit creepy actually.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and his uh, house is like a big skull. Yeah. Yeah, as okay, well, his yeah,
1: face. Like a totem skull thing. Yeah. Because he's like a, yeah, he's a shaman, so he's almost like a witch doctor.
0: Yeah. Similar
1: in the vein of he would come from the same place as Aku Aku, I reckon.
0: Yeah, probably if there was a crossover. Yeah. For sure. He has some really good transformations in Banjo-Tooie uh, that I, I won't go into, but I think a lot of his transformations in the first game are sort of just animal-based. Um, and then the second one, he turns his banjo into random stuff. He turns into a bloody washing machine at one point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what the hell? Yeah.
1: I do... I just speaking of Aku Aku from Crash Bandicoot, of course, mm. the, the mask in that, I did actually notice that uh, in one of the sound effects that Mumbo of Mumbo when he's casting his spells mm. sounds like Aku, Aku when he goes, Oh, yeah. And I went... I actually heard it and went... oh. That's Akawaku. <laughs> so I don't know if they stole the sound yeah, effect. Yeah, maybe they just ripped it. Well, because I know at another point, there was like bottles when he's shaking off sounds like Crash when he's going... Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. And also uh, <laughs> and Kazooie... How sound- dare you also? I <laughs> know. Oh, I knew this would be controversial. <laughs> and and also Kazooie actually sounds a bit like Croc. Uh, okay. The PS1 character from uh, when she flaps her wings. Or is it uh, actually Tokepi? sounds a bit... There's a bit quite similar. to that. Togepi.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. nice. Good pickup. actually. Thank you, Will. Yeah, I agree. I'm here for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Any other characters you want to quickly discuss before we hit the ad?
1: No, no characters I want to discuss right now because we have some fantastic ones to talk about as we work our way through the worlds. Yes, we which do. Which I think we'll do next.
0: Yes, we'll do that after we come back from this special ad break.
1: The Adventures of Dr. G. Iller and the Dart Master Chapter 2 Throwing Darts and Ripping Farts
3: Alright, alright We're away from my loyal apes and your Dart folk? My darty party Right Well, what is it you've come to insult me in front of my apes for? If you ever throw a dart at me again, I'll You what? Well, I'll Talk ape to me (laughs) (laughs) Ha! Good one, Bethany. Cop that, dart face. You. Wait. Lady Beth, how did you get in here? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, these are your quarters. Of course. Apologies, dear lady.
2: Cut the crap, Doctor. I didn't come here to listen to you speak ape. What do you want from me? I need you. No, not just you. I need your army.
3: Need me? Need us? The last person who said that to me was... The... Bold man? Yes! And now look at me! Exiled from the mainland, but you just wait, for when I return with my new ape army, I'll take back my throne as the greatest sidekick that ever lived!
2: And that is why I'm here, Dr. G. Illa. Yes? I want you to become... my sidekick! Me? go Join me, and together, we can take over-
3: Wait, wait, Law! Oh wait, let me guess, let me, let me guess on this map! Hmm, Monkey Manor? Or perhaps, that island just over there? I hear there's an abundance of Beep! bananas over there that-
2: <laughs> No, Doctor.
3: I mean... The world! Oh my! You really think I'm evil enough to join you? Oh, can Lady Beth come too? Please, come,
2: sidekick. It is time to go home.
3: (coughs) What? Who
2: are you? Oh, you silly animal! I told you we're no longer a duo.
3: (coughs) (coughs) Oh my God, Dogmaster! Is this how you treat all of your sidekicks?
2: It is time to be continued.
1: All right. So, the best part, the best thing about some of these platforming games, Will, is the fact that there's not much story going on. So, in actually talking about the worlds that we play in, that actually is the story. Yeah. It basically gives all the variety and everything that you need. Mm. Any of the. There's no real emotional weight to things. You just know that you've got a few hiccups along the way, a few road uh bumps in the road, but it's just easy going.
0: I think more than any other genre of games, the world building is the most important in, in like a 3D platformer, really. Mm. Because yeah. you spend so much time in these worlds doing whatever inside them, but without if the world's not interesting, then uh it's dead in the water from the start. Mm. The worlds have to be precisely made to not only cater for, like, the viewer's eyes, firstly, but also to be a, a almost like a great park of um, ideas for the character to move in. Mm. Like, you need, you need to have platforms and different things to move around in. Like, it's not, it can't just be a flat plane either. So, a lot of work goes into these having specific spots for you to move and jump across and whatever. And uh, the ones in Banjo are some of the best.
1: Yeah, they are. Mm. And, yeah, you're right. It's all about navigation yeah it's got to be fun to navigate it's not it's not a big uh i don't know third person shooter game where the environment sure it might provide you some cover or do bits and pieces but you're not actually interacting with the environment as such you're not using using it to get to where you need whereas in a platformer obviously you've got to use the platforms it's literally (laughs) multi-platforms to get to get to where you need to go so they need to consider so much and uh yeah this game is excellent from the start uh Is which is um, spiral mountain. Spiral mountain uh, is the beginning, which is very basically a simple little tutorial level. Yeah, Uh, and it's uh, it's it's the the mountain itself is merely a ten foot tall ramp, really, (laughs) in the middle of the actual level. Mm. Uh, but it's, um, and like I said, I skipped the tutorials, uh, so I sort of buggered it up from the start. <laughs> yes, you did. And, yeah, Bottles let me know about it. So <laughs> Spiral Mountain was somewhere I tried to get away from as quick as possible oh. to escape the wrath of Bottles, but <laughs> turns out he follows you right throughout. But this, uh, this is a really nice little starting level. Yeah, you know, lots of green grass around. You've got, you've got uh, Gruntilda's ugly head. Yeah, up on her lair, like up yep. the side of the hill there, <laughs> uh, and it's. Uh, but it's really, it's nice. It's like a little uh, Kakariko, Kak- kaka- Kakariko, Kakariko village mm. setup, I suppose.
3: I'll
0: see you next week on the Rumble Pack podcast. This is such a good world that they even made Banjo's Smash Bros Ultimate stage, the top of Spiral Mountain in the center. And the oh. stage revolves in a circle around this the middle platform of the actual Spiral Mountain. That's cool, that's Yeah. Nice. So you as we go through all the worlds, we're gonna just say what moves we learn because in each each world bottles is hanging out at different molehills or whatever. And uh, yeah, you need to pay him or not pay, you just have to have earned enough musical notes to be able to learn his moves. But in Spiral Mountain, you sort of it's a tutorial, you get all the basic controls. Not that you would know. But well, no for the anything. average banjo player, you learn the claw swipe. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's funny going through these names because you just do them in the game, but they actually have names and they're yeah. all stupid. Yeah. You have the Ford roll, the rat-a-tat rap, oh. which is the um, the one where you jump in the air and Kazooie goes like, bop, bop, bop,
1: You need to explain that properly. Well, this is a podcast. You can't bop, bop, bop and expect everyone to know what that like-
0: Pecks. Uh, she pecks. Pecs, yeah. God, <laughs> maybe you should be the one doing those. <laughs> uh, you get the feathery flap, which is uh, just like a double jump where you, you sort of glide with the mm-hmm. Kazoo's wings, and uh, she,
1: not very far though. She she no. only does about three flaps, and then you just fall like a sack of spuds.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You can do the roll into jump and get a bit more distance. Oh, there you go. Uh, and you learn the flap flip, which is uh, pretty much just a big backflip uh, where you sort of. You glide down at the top.
1: Well, yeah, Kazooie almost, you sort of
0: jump and Kazooie
1: boosts you with a big flap of the wings and go, whoop.
0: Yeah, and then she spreads them. Yeah. Spreads the wings to the top. Um, oh, and you learn the beak barge, which is like a crouch move. And then Kazooie and Benja sort of shift forward uh, with Kazooie's beak out. You sort of break through rocks and. B- battering like ram. That. A bit of a battering ram. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You learn, You learn tree climbing. You learn how to swim in that first area. Do a
1: lot there, and it's not very big. And there's a bit of swimming in this game. Yeah. Uh. And it actually isn't too bad. It's it's pretty good control. Yeah, it's all right. Is it? What was it like? And this is on the Xbox controller though, where you got two sticks. I can move the camera around to see. Now, yep. back in the day, on the Nintendo 64's Trident, how the hell did you manage manage it? <laughs> was it really difficult? Because I imagine, because no. I, I, I think it's actually. I was dreading swimming. I mean, I mean, you saw me swim for the first time. I was trying to do the press X to get a big wing boost from Kazooie. Yeah. And that was just pushing me way too far in the wrong direction. And turns out I just had to press A for Banjo just to kick and it'll be a gentle swim.
0: Yeah. Well, you, you use like the sort of big gliding through the water move for long distance, but then when you need to turn, you sort of just have Banjo kick his feet mm-hmm. and then you get that um, easy access, easy way of movement. But- on the Nintendo 64 controller, it's not that hard. Okay. It's it's quite good. You, you On the 64 controller, you use the C buttons to move the camera, um, which is pretty much like that in all games mm-hmm. for 64 because it only has one stick. Um, but the pro- problem with a lot of these old games, and it was a problem a lot on the 64, was that the camera that they built into the games was just crap. Mm. Like they would get stuck yeah. looking the wrong ways and you couldn't move it this way, couldn't move it that way, whatever. But Banjo is one of the games where the camera works pretty well.
1: Yeah, pretty well. Although I did mention to you when you go in between a tight space and your camera's slightly off center, it literally flips backwards and all of a sudden you're running <laughs> you're running in the direction you just came from. Yeah. And you didn't touch a thing, you just stand there going, What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> but that's just that's just old games, like it's just how yeah. it
0: was. Yeah. Um so no, no, it wasn't too bad on a 64 controller. the sixty four control. The sixty four controllers it's a it's a handful, but it does the job enough. Yeah. Enough, yeah. yeah. So from Spiral Mountain we go into Gruntilda's lair. There's I mean there's plenty to say about that, but the lair is pretty much the the hub for the whole game. You mm-hmm. constantly go in and out of the lair to each of the um each of the worlds separately. Yeah. So you spend you like you would spend seventy five percent of the game in the Gruntilda's lair. Um and it's it's fine. It's like it's a bit it's a bit spooky. Um it's got narrow corridors, so dark spaces. Mm. it's yeah it's just a, a layer I don't know there's not a lot to say about it well it's
1: like I mentioned earlier it's a very Mario Super Mario 64 I think with the painting factor mm. it's quite the big paintings almost looks identical style to the Mario game but really well this uh layer is just one big sewer <laughs> yeah in a lot of ways yes <laughs> and I'm I'm glad it was just a hub yeah don't make me play this more than I need to
0: Well, you know what, spoilers, but later on in the game, when you want to open up Click Clock Wood, you need to go back all the way near. Have you seen the entrance to Clanker's Cavern? No. Uh, It's the entrance to Clanker's Cavern. You know where the painting is for Treasure Trove Cove? Yeah. And that sort of, I think it's like a, it looks like a library or something. In a
1: completely separate room to where the actual- uh Yeah. So, Entry. get this. <laughs> yeah.
0: When you go up the platform there through the next door, there is a, a sewer, um, an actual sewer pipe to go through and that's where you find Clangus cabin and stuff. If you dive down in the water at the bottom where the, wa- the water from the sewer comes out, you go through this tu- big tunnel underwater and you find the painting to fill in for click clock wood. Oh, no. The final world, you've got to go through the sewer water through a tunnel oh. to open it. And it's, that t- it's at the very other end of the lair. You have to go all the way back to find it, and yeah. I bet you it took you forever to find it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I had no idea where to go, and you can hardly see the hole because yeah. the water's murky. Yeah, it's really hard one to find. Like it's yeah. Oh <laughs> well, and Gruntilda's lair as
1: well. It's uh, it's still got a it's got a fair bit to explore though, which is good. And I, I like that they have the shortcuts. You can um, find by finding two cauldrons of the same
0: color. Mm-hmm. Cool little quirk. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that is good. I think actually, thinking that now, there is a cauldron in just near the entrance to Clicklock Wood. And I'm pretty sure that cauldron takes you back to a cauldron just near that um area for Clanker's Cavern. Okay. So technically you you would think, Oh, well this if this takes me there, maybe this is where I need to go. But yeah. it's it, the direction for the for using the cauldrons isn't ever really explained or anything. Mm. <laughs> so you wouldn't really know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So The first proper world of the game, because, yeah, Spiral Mountain's a tutorial. Gruntilda's Lair's a hub world. Mumbo's Mountain is the very first world of the game. And I've always found it funny that the first world of the game is a mountain and the hub world is a mountain. Yes, I actually found that a bit silly. Yeah. Really? It's odd. Mm. And why is it called Mumbo's Mountain? I suppose Mumbo is at the top. Well, Mumbo's there, but... Mumbo's in other ones too.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I that's that confused <laughs> me from the start. But also Ticker Tower is the big ant the big the ant, big ant tower down in the thing. middle. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite strange. <laughs> Couldn't explain that. No. It's um it's a great intro level though. Yeah. It's it's quite fun and really easy. Uh it sort of introduces you to finding the Mumbo's tokens. Yep. Um, finding the eggs to shoot. Yep. Which yep. Banjo literally bends over to shoot out of his ass. <laughs> yeah. And he also... then Otherwise, he spits them out of his mouth forwards. It's, it's actually a really bizarre <laughs> sort of uh, animation to see. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got Ticker's Tower there, which has a cool little challenge where you, you turn into the termite uh, and, yeah, so you can cl- actually climb the tower. It took me ages to work out how I was meant to climb that tower. It's
0: re- actually quite difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I remember doing that when I was younger and I could not make... That those jumps in there would it wouldn't make sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. well,
1: and and also there's the uh, conga's there as well, yep, big monkey, yeah, uh, big ape. And he's uh, you basically just have to get him to throw his oranges, hit these little uh buttons on the ground to uh give you a, a jiggy,
0: yeah, to to confuse, to I think he like hurts himself in confusion. Yeah,
1: something like that. Yeah. And then you have to get him to throw an orange so that you can give an orange to- uh, No, you have to climb up the tree that he's on to grab an orange to give it to the uh, little ape.
0: Yeah. Which
1: he gets off the platform and the platform pops up and you can go and get the last uh, Jinjo, I think. Oh, yeah. the mumbo token. Yeah, okay. It's little bizarre little pockets of characters in this game, as we'll see as we go through each world. Like there's just all these little side missions with weird uh,
0: (laughs) characters. They're actually all funny as. Yeah, and Jinjos- this is the first time that we see gingos as well, mm. which are uh, I can't explain it. They're like That's monochrome, little collectible. Yeah, like. there's five in each world, different color, and I'm assuming they've just been captured by Grunty. That is some sort of species that you, that yeah,
3: yeah, we-
0: they are featured more heavily in Banjo Tooie. Well, she actually, technically, she banished them to
1: all around the the, the uh, all the levels because she. For punishment for some some reason. Oh. So, that's why they spread throughout the game, but- Okay. I don't actually- What are those things from Rayman called again? The little wizard things with the big noses?
0: Oh. Because yeah. they look like them. Yeah. I can't <laughs> remember what they're called. Something E, spritzy or, or- Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. You to remember it. So, <laughs> few moves you learn in Mumbo's Mountain. You learn the Talon Trot, which is- uh, You pretty much- you hold down Z and hit the left C button on the 64 controller and then you keep holding Z to use it. And that pretty much, instead of Banjo standing up and Kazooie in the backpack, they just kind of lean backwards and Kazooie puts their feet out and then Banjo sits on the back of Kazooie and they just sprint around. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> and you can't get past that first bit of the lair without it because you have to walk up the, you have to use the talent trot to go up the-, the mm. um, Slope. Slope. Yeah, you learn the beak buster, which is uh you jump in the air and you, you it's almost like a drill downward with Kazooie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you learn uh, you, c- you can use eggs. So, you can shoot eggs forwards. So, when you shoot the eggs, he sort of bends over and Kazooie just goes like just shoots forward like Banjo bends down so she's got the shot or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in Banjo-Tooie, you can actually- um. Yeah, you actually turn kazoo into a gun. Oh, right. And you just walk around shooting. There's like first person shooter sections in that game. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. So yeah, that's all the moves in Mamma's Mountain.
1: Well, and speak. I just wanted to say, speaking of the just the general sound design, which we'll touch on later, but Kong Konga, uh, this ape, I don't know if you recall, but he's he beats his chest, and you can't actually see him because. <coughs> The angle's, you know, like like third person from a fair way back. Yeah. The only way you can see him is if you're like at the right angle, (laughs) like you're past him and you can see (laughs) him. It's really weird. Yeah. But all you can hear is this, and it's him beating his chest. Yeah. But it's a singular bass kick on the drum. Yeah. And it's just the same noise. (laughs) It
0: just sounds awful. (laughs) This game is quite jarring with sound design. Some sound design, yeah, in this game hurts quite a bit. Yeah. And then some is uh like some of the music in the game is uh heralded as great oh it's elite you yeah. know so it's it's a funny dynamic yeah yeah moving on to treasure trove cove where that's where you're you're up to it's pretty much like a big uh it's like an island with a with a beach and a lighthouse and stuff on it i, I don't know how to i don't really know how to explain any of these worlds really they're just that <laughs> <laughs> is what they are like it's just a big big isle- beach island
1: yeah like a yeah, uh, like a a desert island with you know, like a if you think of a pirate movie, just yeah. that sort of old that sort of piratey theme, uh, with uh, you know, cause it's got a few different landmarks. So like it's got Nippers Beach, mm-hmm. that massive uh, shellfish. Yep. The Clippers, uh, the Nippers. Yeah. Yep. Well, imagine having a, a thing called Nipper and it has Clippers. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, does it? Yep. I would never have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's um, there's a lot going on in the world, and it's uh, there's a lot of platforming to do here, especially yeah, when you get tons. those. That, uh, you'll touch on the moves in a sec, but the like the spring jumping and all that sort of thing. Like, mm. there's plenty to navigate. Yeah. Uh, but it's quite a uh, like, a, and there's a treasure hunt too. But it's um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tangle, I suppose. Yeah. Because you, the, the interesting thing about these worlds is they're not like linear. Really? No. They're just like, you You, you might spawn in a, in a quarter of it, but then you move like, oh, save it's in, I don't know, like a big circle. It's like a big circle, mm-hmm. a big round world, and you, you can just go around it in any order you want. So, yeah. it's hard to find direction sometimes when this, there's, not, you, you then can there's get no lost, mission in each game. You can get lost on this level. world
0: yeah. in particular pretty easily. Yeah. There's two things I always remember about it. One being that the entrance to the world is a big-ass treasure chest Yes, that you dive in, which I always liked i'd always uh, I always used to do the backflip into it. I do that too <laughs> I did that and at the uh at the entrance to the world, so in each world you you stand on like a jigsaw puzzle on the piece on the ground to f- go in and out and at the entrance to this world, there is a uh honeycomb piece or something directly under the dock where the entrance is mm-hmm. and if you go down into the water to get it. In, or if you go in the water here, there's a shark that swims straight after you. Snacker. And it's really intense. It, it's the, the music's like... Da, 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 da. I know. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, his name's Snacker. Snacker. And as soon as you
1: jump in, his dialogue comes up like yeah. saying Snacker's going to get you or something. <laughs> and you turn around, it's just these big like great white sharks swimming after you. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. It's actually... um, it's, it's a
0: bit scary. It is. Yeah. It scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. It scared the hell out of me when I was 27. <laughs> yeah. So... Here we learn the shock spring jump, uh, which is, yeah, there's pretty much these green pads around the world uh, with Kazooie's f- uh, feet on them. Uh, and you can pretty much do a big uh, wind up. Like a charge jump. Charge and then jump really high in the air. But you can only do it off the pad. Yeah. But you can start it on the pad, do the little first jump quite far away and then do the big jump. Ah. Like you don't have to do it on the pad. You can sort of go boing. Bang. Oh, there you go okay. yeah yeah um and we also get access here to the flight pads uh which uh lets Benuber fly hmm. uh, and you collect red feathers from around the worlds to use those for flying whenever you press a I, th- I think you you get altitude but you use a feather or two yes, when you, you do, do it yeah. so yeah get to start flying which is good yeah and it's pretty good uh again
1: like with like with the uh the sw- swimming the flight controls are actually pretty damn good hmm. like really easy Yep. And I like you only really need to use the one stick, which obviously in the Nintendo 64 is vital because you've only got one joystick. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it was just really easy to control. I I I think landing was the hard part because he you can't really just he doesn't exactly turn sharply, Banjo when he's mm. flying or Kazooie. Uh so landing was a bit of a pain, but yeah. Just general flight quite easy. Yeah.
0: So <clears throat> that's where you've played up to. But we
1: can't not mention Will, uh, Captain Blubber.
0: Oh, of course, yeah.
1: And now, and he's just a—I didn't actually beat the uh, the little task to help him out. But hes, he's just this. Um, there's a sh- uh, maroon ship in the middle of the island mm-hmm. called the Salty Hippo, <laughs> uh, and it's—it's it's got just Captain Blubber there, just crying. Yeah. And he, he uh, his sound effect, like his voice, is a is a burp. That just loops over and over, <laughs> like a Barney Gumble burp. Yeah, uh, and he um, he's just crying the whole time.
0: Then you go in there and collect his treasure.
1: Yeah, something. Mm. Yeah, you do need to. Mm.
0: I just avoided him because I thought you just got to you just got to grow up <laughs> yeah. and stop burping. <laughs> there is one other thing I've just remembered about Treasure Trove Cove. In one of the pockets of the world, there is a, a small sort of like uh, it's not a pyramid. It's like a temple small temple and you go inside and it has the alphabet on the floor jumbled up uh, and there's some things you got to input in there. For There's Jiggy in there and you've got to input some code in there. But in the temple, there are a ton of cheat codes that you can enter on the floor mm. to get yourself maximum uh, red feathers, totals, maximum eggs and, and all this other stuff. So, um, you know, why not?
1: Yeah, I know. The old game, cheat codes, hey? (laughs) And I I saw actually that if you enter too many cheat codes, uh, Gruntilda gets quite cranky and the game, you actually lose your save if you do too many. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, how's that? Here's a gift. Use it wisely. Yeah. Have too much. Have too much fun. We'll we'll kill you.
0: Yeah, damn. Because you actually find cheat codes around the game. There's a book that floats that's like a cheat code book with eyes. That give, tells you cheat codes to go back there to put in. Okay. So there are some that are like given to you directly in the game. Yeah. Um, and there are some that you know you'd find online. Hmm. So Clankers Cavern is the next world. Uh it's pretty much like a a big swampy sewery level. You would hate it. It to be fair, it actually probably is the worst level in the game. It's just a big sewer, it's all it's all underwater, pretty much, and it has yeah, Clanker in it big robe sort of metal uh, yeah. whale looking thing. No, it's a shark. Shark. Oh, sorry, it is. Well, it could be a whale shark. Uh, it floats <laughs> in the middle of his cavern, I suppose. Yeah. And he just stands there and you actually go in, You actually go inside him for a lot of the level. You're like uh, inside his body and everything. Uh, you learn the Wonder Wing here, which is a pretty sweet move where you have to collect golden feathers uh, and it gains you temporary invincibility. So the, so, the part in this map, there's you're inside Clanker's body and there's tons of these like spike, uh, uh, sharp fans mm-hmm. in a row and it's inside his stomach or whatever, because why not? And you, <laughs> you use the golden feather, the- What was it called? The Wonder Wing to like push yourself through the whole thing because you're invincible. Yeah, okay. So, that's where you get it. Um, and that's actually one of Banjo's main moves in Smash. Mm. It basically can take on anything. You can and you have five goes at it each time you die or whatever. Yeah. There's not a lot to say about Clengus Cavern, really. <laughs> well it's well a I've, got a bit, I've
1: I've got a bit to say. Of course. Because You always do. Underwater levels can get stuffed.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. Who needs them? I don't hate I don't think this one's that bad.
1: No. But when I say the swimming in this game's okay, I didn't say, Oh, please give me a whole <laughs> level of swimming. Yeah. Yeah, it's no not one asked for this. It's not that good. Yeah, no one and, asks for this. And no matter how clear you make water in a level, Will, mm-hmm. if it's dark and grim environment, I don't care if the water's clean. I don't care if it's like full of chlorine for clean, you know, make it clean, no germs. I don't care if there's no massive toads swimming around. No If the water is there and you've got to swim through
0: it, it's still a sewer. <laughs> and it's shithouse <laughs> <laughs> Okay Okay, I get your point
1: um, But I, I like that gloop gives you bubbles while you're swimming Yeah, I like that The fish, gloop, yeah. gloop the fish So if, if you've got something called gloop in there hate to say it, you're in a sewer mm-hmm. uh,
0: You know, I used to die a lot trying to do that jiggy There's one where you dive really far down below Clanker uh, For a I don't know. There's something at the bottom. Anyway, and you, because the water there is, oh, sorry, Banjo starts to lose his breath. And when I was younger, I just didn't get that running into the gloops air bubbles gave you air. Yeah. So mm. I like tried over and over to dive all the way to the bottom and collect one in and come all the way back up. Yeah. And, and you just can't make it. Yeah. Okay. You get just that close, you know? Mm. So I remember trying over and over and never, never made it and uh, eventually figured it out, but I think by mistake, by just running into the air bubble, and I was like, oh, no. Mm. I've been here for an hour. No, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and I've got to say, though, speaking of Clanker, and you're not the first person I've heard refer to him as a whale. I
0: don't know I've,
1: why I did that. I know, oh it's just a coincidence yeah. that you also did because this, uh, I saw, a I actually saw a video on YouTube when I was just having a look at what the levels are like. And this bloke said, Oh, he's this big whale. He has massive teeth and gills. I hate yeah. to say, it, it's not a, it's not a whale. Yeah, no, you're right. He's a, uh, He's very Meg-like, actually. Yeah, he's pretty Meg-like. And uh, it It reminds me of a movie we saw recently, Underwater Things, if you know what I mean. Uh, Yes. We saw a movie very recently, Will. Last night, in fact, yeah. No, sorry, I thought you were just talking about the Meg. (laughs) No, no. Uh, But I also got to say, going inside of Clanker, uh, seeing that actually really reminded me of a, a certain game that we both know very well, going inside of something. Oh, of course. But we won't spoil that either.
0: Uh, okay, no In- worries. Until,
1: until we do an episode on it. Sounds a G. Don't, Will. Because we don't want to give people spoilers <laughs> of things without warning. It you know, could be anything. If they come for a Banjo-Kazooie- It could be Gex. If, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was Gex. It was Gex. <laughs> but if they come for a Banjo-Kazooie game, we don't want to then go, but spoiler for other game.
0: Mm. <laughs> so. You can enter Clanker through his gills as well. Uh, Weird. Big gills, creepy. Yeah, imagine and- big sewer shark gills. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a few words, probably what five words to go. We'll just move through them quick, cause the the moves you learn actually start to um start to slow up. So the next one's called Bubble Gloop Swamp, and uh, as you could imagine by the title, it's a big swamp, uh, but there is a big like turtle. Uh, dude here That yeah. you can go inside his mouth And weirdly <laughs>
1: He needs his feet warmed
0: Yeah So you gotta You gotta um, Bang down on his feet To open his mouth To make him retract his His flippers in Yeah And he scream when he does it He's classic <laughs> He's like <laughs> nah! Yeah. But when you go inside It's like a music school That yeah, There's a bunch of like little turtles on the ground Practicing Practicing music Is that because he ate, ate them? I don't know have they been trapped in there all that time, waiting for someone to punch his feet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's the it's a weird one, Bubbleglove Swamp. The music's all right. You you learn the ability to use the wading boots, mm. which uh yeah, a special pair of well after you get to use them, the boots will be uh they just kind of don't know sitting around. You can see them; they're like big um garden boots, the big long ones. Yes. Um, and when you get in them. Kazooie's legs gumboots. Ah, uh, gumboots. That's gun it. Boots, yeah. The Kazooie's legs, um, like grow tall. Yeah. And-, <laughs> and then you can start running in them uh, through the swamp or something like that, or the poisonous areas. Mm. Um, uh, but they only last for probably like fifteen to twenty seconds, I'd say per per go at it. So mm-hmm. yeah, you get that ability, but that's all you learn here.
1: Well, it's just another gloopy level will literally has gloop in the in the title, so no comment from me.
0: Yeah, I think there's no there's probably no denying that Clanker's Cavern into Goop Slump is probably the slowest part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's quickly uh, shut down by the next world, Freeze Easy Peak, which is a, a good level. I I, I quite like Freeze Easy Peak. Not only is it fun and colourful and sort of Christmas themed. Yeah, it has a great Christmas vibe. Uh, but it's you learn a good move here called the beak bomb, uh, which it's basically like a when you're flying, you like turn into a a massive like missile target and you just dive bomb. Oh, something nice. Yeah, because there's all these guys around here that are they're big snowmen that throw stuff at you. They're like really huge and they have a they wear giant top hats with a big X on the front. So you have got to use the beak bomb attack to just dive bomb straight at their hat. Okay, knocks it off. Yeah, okay. Always satisfying. And freezes. peak has a big. Uh, it's got a big snowman like. St- uh, I don't know. It's almost like a titan. Oh yeah, it's just a, it's the center just, of the in the center of the map. It's, it's just, just like gigantic. a fifty
1: fifty meter tall uh, snowman. Yeah, fifty
0: fifty meters. It's be taller than that, surely. Uh, uh, fifty meters up is pretty high. Yeah, it is. Mm. Mm. Wait, you can kick a footy that far. You. Dad, that oh, I can kick a footy over a wheat silo, <laughs> and there is one one thing in Frizz's Peak I do enjoy is that you uh you there's a character called oh, jeez I don't remember that there's another bear boogie boogie is it you race there's a character that you get to race against he's like a snow he's like a polar bear polar bear yeah and that's a fun they're fun uh, a fun mission yeah he's like a big brother yeah
1: having the brother that. Banjo always wanted because
0: little sisters just cause trouble, (laughs) as Tootie's evidence to. Mm. And I think he turned into a um, uh, a bloody, uh, oh geez, I can't remember anything today. You you turn into a, uh, oh god, those the the things with the big tusks, a warus, a warus. You turn into a little small small (laughs) right. I'm pretty sure from Mumbo. Yeah, yeah, man, my memory. After that, Gobi's Valley. So you go from the snowy peaks of freezezy Peak straight to the desert yeah. of Gobi's Valley uh, and you learn the Turbo Talon Trot, which is, in fact, the final move you learn in Banjo-Kazooie. Oh. There's multiple worlds after this where you don't learn anything.
1: Well, it's a really cool Egypt theme here as well. It is. It's always great to go-to-Egypt theme. Uh, Spyro and Crash Bandicoot both did really good Egypt levels, yeah. which I really enjoy. Uh, yeah. But I just want to say as well, poor uh, Gobi. Gobi's valley is named after Gobi the camel, and um, he's Gobi's actually a captive in his own desert. When you <laughs> yeah. find him, and he's, yeah. uh, and then you have to actually stomp on him to get him to squirt water out. Yeah, and water
0: the plant. Yeah, there's this like tree there that is uh, starved for its thirst, and it's, uh, yeah, it, Gobi's like standing in front of it, and you do like a massive uh, dive bomb on top of Gobi's back. Yeah, and it just spurts all the water into the tree's gob. Yeah, what a what an awful way to exist
1: in your own desert. Named, yeah, it's named after you, and you are just flogged by a bear.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Mad Monster Mansion follows, uh, and that's pretty much just a it's just a big haunted haunted ma- mansion level. I don't know, there's not much to it. There's there's a wine cellar. Yeah, with wine barrels. Oh, lovely. Yeah, mm. there's a big haunted maze. Uh there's there's tombstones that come up that run after you. There's lots of yeah, scary stuff. Yeah, actually. Inside the mansion, probably the scariest thing, there is a big ghost mm. that plays the piano when you walk into the mansion, sitting there playing the piano. And uh that's uh, uh, kind of creepy actually.
1: And you have to jump on the keys as he points to them to unlock the jiggy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah.
0: But you also have to get you have to get to him without being seen. Yeah. As well, and that's, so and that's
1: actually a bit of stealth, early yeah, early day stealth, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh it's a cool it's a pretty cool level. I knew pretty Hitman dark, but... took um took inspiration from
1: Banjo. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> very similar personalities. <laughs> but I think uh, I do like the Halloween
0: twist at this level though for a go- into, for a goofy game. I tell you what, the scar- the the scariest thing about it this like obviously it's a kids game. It's not that scary, but the the actual every world has its own tiny hub area before you enter it where it just turns themed inside Grunty's lair. And hmm. Man Monster Mansion is, uh, it's almost like, it's like outside. You go outside a door and it's this massive, like, cemetery that you walk through. And there's, yeah, lots of um, tombstones and, like, haunted trees and stuff that come after you. And, yeah, okay. it's, it's kind of creepy. And in the very back, off to the side, through a fence hole on, on the back left, there is a Mumbo's, there's, Mumbo has a, Oh, there's something down there. Oh, sorry, no. There's a there's a small house with a coffin inside, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a button in there to change water levels inside Grunty's lair in, in the back of it as well. So it's okay. Yeah, it's just a creepy area, creepiest yeah. area of the game. Mm. Yeah, uh, two more worlds to talk about. So we got Rusty Bucket Bay, which is why you need to change the water level because you can't enter it because uh, it's up. The entrance to the level is up too high in the lair, so you have to change the water level to get high enough to swim through the door. Yeah, but when you get into Rusty Bucket Bay, you're not swimming anymore. (laughs) Figure that out. Yeah, yeah. But Rusty Bucket Bay is pretty much just a big. It's just a. It's a big like uh, transport ship in a shipping yard. It's a big rusty big container ship. Yeah, and it's like the water. Speaking of gross water, there's no grosser water than Rusty Bucket Bay. It actually uh, takes Banjo's health, uh, like uh, air health. You know, I don't know what you call that. You know, your breathing His meter or whatever. Lung capacity. Yeah. Oh. Uh it takes that even when you're above the water. Oh. Because it's um it's just putrid. Well, seriously, well, do these are these people just looking to upset just, just me? <laughs>
1: yeah. Do they yeah. hate me? Like it's <laughs> the only difference between this this and a sewer is that rather than a turd being submerged in a sewer, it's just <laughs> floating on top of this ship. <laughs> this big ugly turd. <laughs> it's just
0: awful to look at this get this level. <laughs> There is nothing. Uh, there's nothing particularly nice to look at in this level at all. No, it's very, it's very awful. It's awful. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully, it's followed by maybe the best world in the game, mm-hmm. Click Clock Wood, which uh, starts with a starts. It has its own hub world. It's such a good world. It has its own hub world mm. where you can choose each four doors that take you to each season and the, the, of the world same, inside. Of the, of the
1: same world, yeah, same yeah, map. Yeah, the
0: same map but it changes with the seasons and sometimes you have to do tasks in one season to open up an area in a different season to get hmm. a jiggy. It's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, I think it's just really nice and
1: uh, it's actually the, the centerpiece of this level is the big tree. Yeah. Uh, and we love big trees. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Are they mean heaps to, they mean heaps to us, like that big snowman we love big monsters, mm-hmm. so snowman's satisfying, but big tree oh. oh yeah, big trees are good, another level, and it's just uh I think this four seasons uh mechanic it's just a it's a really good great for storytelling and the gameplay like I don't think it's just the like this is a game without much story, obviously, but mm-hmm. I think the fact that you can uh it's like yeah, the way you interact with it in one season changes how it is in another. Whether it's actually like, I uh, know uh, I didn't see it for myself, but I saw that, uh, like a, a, what's it called? A treehouse is being built gradually based yep. on how the order of seasons you go yeah. in. Yeah. There's even, uh, Ira the Eagle, yep. who you feed to sort of. Yeah. You have make, to feed worms through each season. Yeah. Through each season. Yeah. And eventually he grows to fly, fly away because mm. you go through the seasons with it. It's just, uh, it's just really crafty. And I think, uh, because uh, yeah, there's water levels that change. So even in summer, like the the water goes down. Yeah. Uh, so which opens up access to new areas, and then yeah. in, in winter, I imagine like you can climb snow when it's submerged, and vice versa. Yeah.
0: Just- there's some there's some spots in the level when it's winter that freeze over. Mm. But then I think in like, yeah, in one I know there's one jiggy at the at the bottom of the tree where you got to go into like a, um, someone's house, and uh, it's like a badger or something like that. And and you have to destroy the rock blocking the doorway in one season to open it up in another one mm. to swim through it because you can access it a different way or something like that. It's mm. just, yeah, little things like that. It's just really interesting. And it's funny that that concept, not that you would use the season concept over and over, but the, the thought of, you know, making something, changing something here to affect something there didn't really get used too much in the rest of the game. No. Although it did in Grunt's Lair... There's a lot of things that are unlocked as you went that would change things mm. um, otherwise, but yeah, all the other worlds start to feel quite linear in comparison, but they're not. But it's yeah, it's funny the way it makes it makes it feel.
1: Yeah, it's pretty ahead of its time, really. Yeah. I um uh, like I I'd never seen or heard of this level before, and having a look at it, I was like, wow, this is actually for 1998. Like, that's actually revolutionary. Yeah, and it's it's a it's incredible. These sort of little nuggets of of gold. That are hidden in all these old games. Like obviously, Banjo Kazooie, well known, and heaps of people would think of it and know that mm. game. But a lot of people probably wouldn't attribute a lot to that level, despite it's mm. uh, how important it was, really. Yeah. Because um, you can see that sort of mechanic play out in heaps of games, and honestly, pretty sparingly in games. I'd, I wish that sort of thing was utilized way more. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember Assassin's Creed 3, We just we uh, we've spoken about in the. In our eco- Ecosystems um, episode, like episode 12, something like that, mm-hmm. The when you go to it in summer, it behaves completely different. Like the the Frontier it behaves completely different when you go there in winter. And yeah. I love that sort of mechanic. And if I had have known Banjo had done that already uh, 12 years earlier or however long earlier, I probably wouldn't have thought it was as school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But all, all retrospective respect to... Uh, banjo we
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm. Now, before we get on to the final boss uh, and the ending of the game, it's it's definitely worth bringing up the music in this game, uh, which is composed by Grant Kirkhope, who is uh, an English composer who worked on a bunch of 64 titles uh, as well, uh, like specifically for Rare, mm. worked on tons of stuff. But he he did a really great job with the music in this game. It's just so... up like. I feel like every world's music just fits the setting perfectly, and he uses such a interesting array of instruments mm. as well, like all those kind of quirky ones, like xylophones and you know, moringas and yeah. things like that.
1: Well, uh, the xylophone is actually a severely underrated instrument, especially yeah. in soundtracks. Crash mm. Bandicoot's like eighty uh, percent xylophone. Yep, and it is so good. Yeah, it's just um. Uh, especially when it's like, I think there's a lot of uh, like harmonicas, not uh, harmonica, uh, accordion. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of accordion in these old games, and it just makes it it makes it so uplifting and fun.
0: Yeah, it does. It's like it just keeps it keeps you moving. Hmm. I think one instrument that's used a little bit in this, but I know it's used a bit in his other work as well. is the timpani drums that are like the those. Let's show them look the a picture. Yeah. They like those really big floor toms. Uh, floor toms where you use a um, mallets on. Yeah. And uh yeah, that that really brings out the atmosphere, like a tribal
3: almost like
1: a tribal yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so not too much to say on it, but it's definitely worth bringing up. The music in this game's great, and weirdly enough, today of all days, Grant Kirkhope released a record of uh the Banjo-Kazooie songs he made remixed. Mm. Of all days, I know <laughs> I, we're I, recording
1: this podcast. We, we went off to grab lunch just before we started recording. Yeah, we jumped in the car and you had it playing. I was like, "What?" And you are like, "Yeah, this happened to come out today."
0: Yeah, like, what? bizarre. Yeah. So, and- if anyone wants to hear it, uh them the songs from the game or the remix, uh Grant Kirkhope's all of his music he's done is all on um, Spotify and stuff on his artist page. So go check it out. And
1: it's worth mentioning that we totally planned for that to happen. We. We time our releases for when big things happen. This yeah, this was a big thing. Yeah, we spoke with Grant. We so. spoke with him, but yeah. and also I just wanted to add that Grant Grant uh, Kirkhope did actually say that he made the music deliberately different to Mario, of course, like as he would, because uh, he just, uh, yeah, he, oh, from the Mar- not specifically Mario, but he tried to avoid that real, almost like uh, boppity, boppy, boppy, Kid game music, I suppose, and I don't want to say kid game. I yeah. don't say that in a disrespectful way. I just mean a G-rated game, I suppose. Like Sonic, this. Sonic style, yeah. <laughs> so he tried to differentiate it, and he and it really did. Like it's it's hectic. It's a head hectic soundtrack. Yeah, uh, it's out of control actually, and even the just it complements the the goofy voices so well. Yeah, uh, but like we said though, it, it is agitating and great at the same time. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's uh, it's, it's quite, like overload. It is. Yeah, it's, like it's very overload. unique, but. Sometimes you want it to just calm down. Oh, the tempos, the tempo is just crazy. Yeah. The music in Merger 2 is very good as well. Okay. Um, even more atmospheric, I'd say, for some mm-hmm. of the levels. So let's talk about the finale, the final battle. I think uh, just before bringing up the actual battle, I did want to mention Grunty's Furnace Fun, which is right before you get to the very top of the, um, of the lair, like the top of the tower where the final battle takes place, and it's pretty much this board game trivia quiz show that Grunty puts on as like a final, uh, a final uh, chance to not get you to the top, or, you know, a final roadblock. So I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And 2d uh, is even there on like a sort of side podium thing. And You can see her and Grunty sort of at the at the altar calling the game show. It's really really bizarre. It's a bit chess in Harry Potter style, isn't it? It is. It yeah. actually is. So. You've got to get past the quiz show to face Grunty. Uh, and it's got a ton of these different squares. And every time you step on a square, you have to answer one of Gruntilda's questions correctly to proceed. Uh, if you answer it incorrectly, you lose a honeycomb and you won't go to the next square. Um, so you only have your honeycombs, honeycomb lives to get to the end. Uh, and there's all these different types of obstacles, even games as well. There's like minigame squares. There are squares where you have to... Um, uh, some of the questions, like sometimes it'll just show you a screenshot of somewhere in in one of the worlds, and you have to tell which world it is, and yeah, okay. all the stuff. It's really simple and yeah. strange, but it's it's super it's really fun. Uh, there's actually there's even note panels where Grunty plays a small bit of audio from the game, and you have to guess which world that's from as well. Okay, stuff like that. So yeah, that's, well. yeah it's actually quite difficult. You have to be really on on the ball in the <laughs> in the in the Grunty's furnace I died tons of times. Mm. Well, actually, I finished this game multiple times and I've never, I don't believe I've ever gone through that on my first attempt. Mm. It's a lot tougher than you would expect it to be. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. worth bringing it up yeah, before sure. the final battle, which takes place on the roof of Gruntilda's lair. It's like the top of the spire, Yeah. I suppose. Top of the castle. Um, And its it's quite difficult. Well, it, uh...
1: It really brings together all of the moves you learnt throughout the game. Yeah, uh, which we know is what earns a boss battle its fame.
0: Yes, for sure. Mm. Yeah, it has to be the culmination of everything that you've learnt. Yeah, and put put together. Yeah,
1: and and in this instance, the the multiple stages of the battle are a real highlight, made even better by the backdrop of twilight. Yeah. Nice.
0: <laughs> I really do love that you've gone to the effort to do some rhyming. Uh- Rhyming in your notes, uh, sh- unless you're making this up on the spot, which it would be even more impressive. Of course I am. Well, that's great. Uh, so in the battle, uh, one thing I like about it is that you get swooped by Grunty on her broomstick, and the broomstick has these big sharp teeth. All of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That broomstick's. You know, it's got a. It's got an agenda. It has no name. No. But oh boy,
1: does it bring game. <laughs> Now that one you must have made up. Yeah, I made. What are you talking about? This is me. Yeah, I don't. I won't rhyme it with a bell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, in the end of this fight, uh, a massive Jinjo tower comes up from the ground, uh, and you have to put. You have to shoot enough eggs into each corner of the Jinjo um, tower to kind of like. Awaken it. Yeah, break the shell off. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And then the Jinjo does this like big ramming headbutt into Grunty. Well, I
1: just think that I, I, I think because I'm, I'm about to sum. I'm going to sum this up, if you don't mind. I'm going to wrap this. Absolutely, up. because the fin- the finishing touch of the uh, nader delivering the killing blow. Oh, it really made Grunty seem horribly slow. Uh, but the fact that it hits her about 10 times before finally knocking her off her tower is truly a sign of her magnificent power. <laughs> and it really hits her hard. That's summed up perfectly. About 10 times.
0: Yeah, it does. Mm. Yeah.
1: And she's standing there saying, <laughs> uh, "Saying, oh, I'm not going to... So, okay, I'm. What did she say? She says, oh, I'm not... <laughs> you can't knock me. I'm not unsteady. My feet are so... I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> ridiculous. But she's just like, she gets hit so many times, she's like, oh, I'm not gonna be knocked off. Yeah. And he's like, good on you, Grunty. You're a good boss. Yeah. Standing
0: firm till the end. And then off she goes. Yeah. To her not demise, but she falls uh, and a massive boulder lands directly on top of her uh where she falls into a hole in Spiral Mountain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With a yeah, and uh it's it's a it's a fitting end. She doesn't. Yeah. She
0: doesn't die. No, she's good. No. But what would you think of the music? The music is like pretty wild. Mm. It's it's kind of sad actually that on the that new remix record Grant Kirkhope put out that he didn't remix the final battle theme. Yeah. Um. Because well maybe it didn't need to be remixed because it's the intensity is like mm. it's gone
1: and it's it's uh it's it's very memorable in like a i've seen when I've heard when I heard it, I was like, I've heard this so many times before. Mm. I don't know if it's based off anything, but but I mean that battle theme, it's it's one to remember. Yeah. It uh reminded me of dancing in September.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool.
1: <laughs> anything else? Oh I just no, I did want to say well done to uh Grunty and well done to Klungo. But at the end of the day,
0: get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect way to sum up this episode. Uh, we'll end, end the episode there. Uh, but no, the final battle's great. The The final scenes are great. Uh, you see you see them all being happy and playing poker or something, I think, in the end. Mm. Um, and Grunty's stuck under that rock. Klungo's kind of walking around like trying to figure out, oh, no,
2: what am I going to do? You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sucked in, Klungo. Yep. Uh, and then we yeah, cut to credits, so... No, awesome game, Banjo Kazooie. Worth worth a play for anyone, especially if you are a uh, Nintendo Switch owner and you subscribe to the new Switch Online membership because the game's going to come to there. And I reckon it'll feel just right playing it on a Switch handheld. It'll feel really cool to play. Yeah, it would. I, I think this the game's just uh,
1: it's it's hard to say if it was groundbreaking. Like it's it's because it added obviously there were some precursors that. Uh brought in so much platforming mm-hmm. we spoken to Mario all the time, yeah, but there's just something about the way banjo kazooie's put together that makes it so much more like it it's not as famous as the others, but it's just mm. the, like like with the uh click clock okay. wood wood click clock wood uh just though just those little little finer details that you can just see just they lent to so many other games, and I think yeah. crash bandicoot came out before that but uh, there's just I don't know there's just so much substance there and the mu- the music's great um, the I think it's probably the first like duo game mm. but if you see like at the time imagine having two characters you control at the same time um, without changing between them yeah they just worked together this whole time yeah that's a good uh, point yeah it's just uh, I don't know I just think I think it's genius because it, we use uh, like think of Ratchet and Clank no <laughs> way in hell anyone would have You know the thought of oh let's have a robot, but he is the character. He does all the gameplay for us while we're running around. Yeah, Uh, just just little things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I mean, even calling it Banjo Kazooie, everyone else, you know, Jack and Daxter, uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, all the uh, ukulele, which is a predecessor, uh, spiritual successor. Sorry. Yeah, I think, but uh,
0: I think mm. I think there's no doubt that Banjo Kazooie inspired many of mm. those 3D platformers that came after it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, every 3D platformer, including Banjo-Kazooie, was inspired by Super Mario 64 in some way. Yeah. The argument I always say online is, is Banjo-Kazooie a better game than Super Mario 64? You know? And mm. I I would never te- say that technically it, it is because mm. it's like Super Mario 64 is Super Mario 64. Like it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the 3D platformer. But Banjo-Kazooie will always have my heart. Yeah. Like, if I had to, if I had to pick one of those games, right now off the top of my head, is like, which do I like better, just personally, not based on the technical aspects of any game? Banjo is, uh, it's just got that. It just has so much heart and soul, and I don't know. It's just a great experience. Mm. Yeah, it is.
1: And I know that it's always been really important to you. Mm. And I, I, again, I found this out mostly because when we when we first became mates, it was like. Nuts and bolts was the the pits. Mm-hmm. It was the most disappointing thing that ever happened in the world. Yeah. And uh I found that so I found out that you liked Banjo kazooie yeah. through your dislike for nuts and bolts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I know it's always been really important to you. So I uh and I've I've heard the music like many times and watched little bits of clips and things like that. I think it must have been Banjo tui more so. Yep. Uh,
0: but yeah, it's
1: very clear how much it means to you. Yeah,
0: it definitely does. And uh It's one of yeah. those Banjo and Kazooie are one of those uh, characters that'll always be on my mind. If you mm. have you know those characters from your childhood, mm. I'll always come back and play play the game. Yeah, and I and I'll always hope in my little heart that they make Banjo Three one day. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's great though, isn't it, to think of the late '90s and the games that came out then. Uh, these these five platforms we referred to so many times. We have got Super Mario '64, Legend, Legend Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Banjo-Kazooie, Crash Bandicoot, and Spyro the Dragon. And none, no five of them are the same. Mm. You could play all five of them and get a different experience. They all have similarities. A lot of them learnt off each other. but And I think Zelda's probably not quite a platformer. I wouldn't say it's quite the same. Yeah, I wouldn't classify it a platformer. but No, but it's still the same.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt the that Z- like even that game took inspiration from... Like something like Mario 64 in Mm. in expanding itself and all that, yeah,
1: yeah. So I think uh, it's just great. That was such a great era, and Banjo certainly has to be included. Yeah, it's the least probably. It's they are arguably the least known combo like game name character from that era potentially, but they should totally just never be forgotten in that because, like I said, the the gameplay that they brought to the table was just. Just different. Just it's just a different quirky factor. It was all about being
0: goofy. Well, last time I'll bring up Smash and my final note anyway, but the the fact that it's re- their reveal as being part of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was such a big deal shows how important they still are as characters mm. and how much like love and outcry there is for them to return in their own game or, or in some capacity, you know. That was such a big deal mm. that took so long to come to fruition that I think everyone thought would never, ever happen. So, uh, look, the, the want for another game is there. It'll, and it will probably always will be now. So, uh please, Rare, do something with it or just give it to someone else. Let someone else do it, you know? Yeah. Let someone else do it. Give it to Nintendo. God, let them do it. Let <laughs> yeah. the guys that made Mario Odyssey do it. Ooh. So, time for a burning question. Ooh. Do you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? You do the honors. How much of this game? No, no, it's fine. You do it. Thank you. How much of this game would you personally take for inspiration for your own creative work or game design? Like you know, we we take we talk about how this game maybe pioneered a lot, but if you think about your own uh, creative works, would you actually take? A lot of inspiration from past this game? It's.
1: This game. I'm just trying. The first thing I think of is the music for sure. Mm -hmm. I think if I was making a game that is like a platformer, uh, we've obviously got an idea for a game that we'd love to do. Mm -hmm. uh, Which actually, honestly, the game could be. It could be like Zelda and could be like Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. When you think about it. And I think the music the way the music makes you feel and just have fun and not at all be frustrated with the game really you just it keeps the rhythm of the game up and everything yeah yeah banjo kazooie's music it just it just makes yeah it keeps you it keeps the rhythm up it keeps you keep you moving along and i think in a great way it makes me consider it would make me consider okay how can i use this music to just keep the rhythm of the actual character up yeah and what you're doing in the gameplay and otherwise i think uh actually, and it's funny to think of it now in reflection, I've actually come like something I've come up with is an idea of having almost uh, an offside character in the same sense where you have like to Kazooie, what Kazooie is to Banjo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think obviously that's an influence that I didn't even realise I had. It's not directly from Banjo-Kazooie, uh, but at the same time, I realised like, wow, that's a great dynamic yeah. um, that should totally be be used uh, I, I just I just think it's anything all of the fun in this game the funnest factors should totally would be to- totally something I'd get inspiration from yeah because it's just um it's just yeah nothing heavy to it it's
0: just easy going yeah no absolutely I agree with, with all your points mm. and speaking of side characters that push along the main character like Kazooie you know you, you say you've thought of something like that but indirectly taken inspiration from banjo but you know you have uh, I'm gonna forget the names here, but you know you have side character in something like God of War, the um, the head, uh, Mimir. Mimir. You've got Cortana to to Master Chief. Like these these characters that were side characters to the main characters to push them through. Mm. They might have taken in indirect inspiration from Banjo Kazooie as well. So I think it's it always comes around. You yeah, know. it
1: does well even if you think of. What we spoke about last week with Star Wars, we've got Cal who is quite bland and boring. Mm. Okay, but boring. And then we've got uh, BD-1 who adds that personality to him. Yeah. Gives him something to talk about, brings out something in him. have mm. got uh, Kazooie bringing personality out of Banjo who's a dopey bear. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you get. <laughs> and then also if you speak of God of War, we've got uh, Kratos who is angry all the time. All focus doesn't let his emotion emotions be known. Even anger is uh, in this new version, he's afraid to be angry almost, yeah. but he's still very angry. We've got then we've got Mamir who is his almost like the intelligent complement to him, mm. and then we've got Atreus who's the emotional factor. Yeah, and then all combined, they all play off each other well because they're not replicating each other, they're yeah. actually just complementing each other. Yeah, so I think in that sense, it's uh, I wouldn't say that Banjo Kazooie was the game that caused all of that. obviously, no. no. But it's certainly, certainly, we certainly couldn't deny the fact that they were one of the first people, first games to do it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, my question for you would be: if you had to choose for Nintendo sixty four, mm-hmm. these big three games we've just spoken about, right? Super Mario sixty four, Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and Banjo Kazooie. If you had to marry one, no, I'm joking. If you had to uh, <laughs> pick one and one alone to exist while well, the others didn't, which would you choose? Because we've got Mario for its groundbreakingness. Yep. Zelda for its fantasy, you know, and then we've got Banjo Kazooie for its fun. Oh, God. But you've got to pick one.
0: Why would you do that?
1: Because it's a hot question. Yeah, I'm going to rename this Hot Questioning.
0: Look, my first, uh, my first thought before you even um, finished speaking was was Ocarina of Time. I can see you're sweating. It's a really hard choice because, like, I- I'm thinking about the games that came came after it. I wouldn't pick Banjo because, personally, Mario- Super Mario 64 and The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time spawned future games in those series that probably wouldn't have existed without them. But you like did say Mario Odyssey, like Breath of
1: the Wild. You did say earlier, you would pick Banjo-Kazooie.
0: Over Mario 64, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. it's, it's a slightly different angle, so there is yeah. a difference here. But.
0: Yeah, I, I, honestly, I would pick Ocarina of Time because not not only- and I, I talked about this in the episode we did on Ocarina of Time, episode 9. Not only is Ocarina of Time such an important game for the future of the Zelda franchise, but that game was like- Pretty much the birth of action adventure, the action adventure 3D gaming genre. Yeah. Like so many things in that have influenced probably 80% of all the games that have come out since then that were in a similar fashion. So like games that we've played and loved, games like that you've played, like Red Dead Redemption would have maybe not existed in the same capacity without that game, I would imagine, genuinely. Yeah. So I would pick Ocarina of Time. Yeah,
1: know, oh, I agree. And I guess if you talk, if you speak of uh, Mario and Banjo, their respective, uh, sorry, their uh, genre, I suppose, the the platformer, the 3D platformer, they haven't evolved too much. They're still platformers are designed almost to stay firmly grounded in this mm. early days '90s style gameplay. Yeah. But if you think of Zelda, if I said like uh, Ocarina of Time, if that started on the same level. That uh, the trajectory of that genre is so far beyond what platformers have been able to do, or yeah. should do. Mm. That I I I agree. Uh, the gaming world would be completely different without Ocarina of Time. Yeah,
0: without yeah. Banjo, nobody would bat an eyelid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad saying that you might be correct, <laughs> <laughs> but know, that but sad. also they Banjo hasn't had a new game since 2008. So like his franchise is dormant. Yeah. but Zelda and Mario is still kicking but yeah Ocarina of times is too important to gaming the whole gaming landscape mm. so it has to be that all right what did you think of the whiskey before we wrap up? I think it's wonderful. It's quite nice yeah it's different. I'm not sure how it would go um, as a mixer because it's it's very uh, it's unique well this
1: is expensive enough to not be mixed yeah so it's a, it's definitely designed to be a sipper. Yeah, uh, but it's um, but it's the first, it's the first whiskey I've had that's called single grain. Obviously, we have single mm. malt a lot of the time, and I, in purchasing this, I to, I do to make sure, and this is for a tip for people out there, just for my background in liquor industry, is that a lot of Japanese whiskey uh, is actually if it's blended, a lot of them get Scotch in, as in from Scotland, mm. and then blend it with some of their own stuff, and then sell it as Japanese whiskey. Yeah. When it's actually mostly scotch. Mm -hmm. So, if you're looking for a uh, a different- If you're looking for an actual pure Japanese whiskey, you have to actually be careful and sometimes you have to pay a bit more. But um, that's why I went single grain. But it's also- Yeah, it's just quite nice to sip. And it's got like- I said to you- uh, I said said earlier, it's like a a 10-second aftertaste. It just sort of has different flavors throughout. Mm. Yeah, it's a solid it's a solid sippet for me yeah it's
0: it yeah definitely a sippet. Mm. I love the warming feeling it gives your chest, yeah, it's almost like it spreads mm. for fifteen fifteen seconds, yeah. somehow it's really weird
1: is that <laughs> do you attribute your sweat to the uh the whiskey or the burning
0: question? In fact, I don't know if I would have said the same answer without the whiskey, yeah, I think it's actually made my mind feel a lot clearer,
1: yeah, you seem focused, you seem as clear as Clonky's Cavern, whatever the hell that
0: level Clanker's. Was. Clanker's Cavern. Clanker's cavern. Clear water, beautiful. Yeah. Without it, I would, I would not be able to see like the waters of Rusty Bucket Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Rumble Pack. Always great to talk about Banjo or anything to do with the N64, so that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're st- steering off the game's landscape. And we're going to talk about our favourite video game villains, best and worst. Right, uh, best and worst, yeah. Just everything under the sun. Yeah. So we'll be here for five hours. <laughs> That's going to be good. We've talked about heroes before, mascots, correct? Oh no, we've talked about mascots. That's right. Yeah. So villains doesn't have to be a mascot. It Can be from anything. Can be from anything. Could be Grunty. Could be Grunty. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, it'll be great
1: to talk about them because, as we know, there are many different types of villains. They're not—they're not all the same. Some they come in. Some are seem to be good. You know, they're Thanos with some great intentions that are just a tad uh, wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, um, the methods are tad wrong. <laughs> so it'll be yeah really fun to talk about it because we've uh, we've covered a few and we're yet to cover some other games with great villains. But yeah, we just wanted to compare them up a bit. And
0: yeah, that'll be a good chat. Yeah, looking forward to it. Well, thank you everyone, and we will see you next week. See you next week.